There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Dugout from Sports Mall. I'm Pascal Amir and Barney Corker is alongside me as we today look at the European football as it returns after two months away. The Champions League and Europa League are back. And uh, this week in the Champions League, the pick of the ties, you probably have to say, is between uh, Paris Saint-Germain and Chelsea. Bit of a grudge match between these two barns. They've met a few times in recent years, but... Chelsea, you know, they're coming to this 12th in the Premier League, not exactly doing all that well, whereas Paris, they're first in France, absolutely running away with the title. Do you give Gusitting's side any chance? I do give them a slight chance, just because they're still unbeaten under Hiddink. 12 unbeaten now ever since Mourinho left the club, 11 of those coming under uh, coming under Gus Hiddink. A lot of them have been George, you have to say that, but in recent weeks they've certainly shown a lot more. Some of their key players who we spoke so many times earlier in the season about how why their key players weren't playing so well under um, under Mourinho, the likes of Costa, Hazard especially, were really poor. But they're starting to hit a bit of form now. Costa especially is on a really good goal run. Uh, Hazard, he's, he's opened his account for the season, still nowhere near the level he was at last season. But he slowly seems to be improving in form, made his return to the starting lineup against Newcastle. And in that Newcastle game, they did look really good. 5-1, 3-0 up inside 20 minutes. So... I do give them a, a, a slight chance, but PSG, the form they're in, is just incredible. 24 points clear in League One. It's, it's their title already, pretty much. It's, they've, they've got that sewn up so they can put everything into this one. And they did end, uh, I think it was a 17-match winning streak at the weekend, but they rested a lot of players against Lille, remained unbeaten. They're the only unbeaten team in the top five uh, tiers of European football at the moment. So they're right up there with the best in Europe at the moment. So I do give Chelsea a bit of a chance, but it's going to be such a huge, huge task against the PSG side in such good form. Yeah, I think with Chelsea, they got well, quite an easy group, didn't they? They had Kiev, Porto and uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv in that group, and they managed to finish top of it, which is obviously a pretty good achievement from them. And But then they did get really unlucky with the draw, you have to say, getting PSG, who only came second in Group, group A, you know, behind Real Madrid and... Uh, the only loss they had in the group stage was 1-0 when they went to the Bernabeu and that's the only loss they've had all season actually so you'd have to say it was probably the toughest draw that Chelsea could have got but you know hitting he's got you know quite a decent history with Chelsea you know when he was last there in 2009 I think it was to the semi-finals um, and then they lost he, he was actually unbeaten uh, in the Champions League when he came when he was interim manager that season because um, I think they got to the semi-finals and they lost to Barcelona it was that Iniesta uh, swerving strike that won it on away goals for Barcelona in the last minute so he yeah, has got a decent record with them in Europe, but it's just I just can't really see it for Chelsea, to be honest. I look at, like you say, PSG, they can kind of take a back seat in their league. Like you say, they rested players at the weekend, whereas for Chelsea, they can't really do that. And they've got a massive uh, FA Cup game at uh, the weekend against Man City, which is probably a more realistic chance for them uh, to win a trophy this season. So it's hard to imagine they'll be able to do much. And I mean, the only advantage you could say they probably do have is the fact they do have the second leg at Stamford Bridge, but... I don't know, by then the tie could be out of their hands because the way PSG are playing, if they can open up, say, maybe a two-goal lead, I can't really see Chelsea getting back into this one. Yeah, whatever happens, I think it's going to be a good game. It's one I'm really looking forward to because the last couple of meetings between these two sides, they met in both the last two seasons, Champions League. They've been such good matches, last seasons especially when, you know, the season before that, Chelsea knocked PSG out and then PSG came looking for revenge and it didn't look like they were going to get it in that um in that instance, Chelsea also had the second leg at Stamford Bridge again and went all the way to extra time. David Luiz obviously getting that header to, to force extra time. Then Hazard put Chelsea back ahead. 
um, in extra time from the penalty spot and then Thiago Silva dramatically won it on away goals. It was such a good game, such a, a good tie between two sides and although Chelsea have been a shadow of that side that we saw uh, last season, so far this campaign, I, I can still see them giving PSG a good game and whatever happens, I am backing PSG to win it and go through, particularly this first leg at home. I think that they'll look to build up a decent lead here even though Chelsea haven't been great under Stamford Bridge the Newcastle game aside that was their first uh, win in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge since Gus Hiddink uh, returned to the club so they haven't been you know Stamford Bridge hasn't really been a fortress but at the same time they haven't been beaten there so PSG will look to, to build up a decent victory in this first leg and I, I'm backing them to win the first leg but I do I am foreseeing a really good tie here and I think it could be a lot closer than certainly the positions in the respective league suggest I just, I just don't think that Chelsea, for me this season, like even though they beat Newcastle convincingly at the weekend, you know Newcastle, especially away from home, they've been pretty rubbish this year, and I wasn't, I'm still not all that convinced by them. And that just PSG, they just seem like such a cohesive unit. They're the only team in the knockout stages not to make any changes to their squad uh, from the group stage to the knockout stage. There's obviously, you know, they're obviously very happy with the players they've got there and you know the talent they've got. You know, it's just Ibrahimovic is scoring goals for fun in Liga. And um, I really can't see. I think, like I say, they might run them close, Chelsea. But I think they they had much better. You know, last year when they lost to them, you know, they had a much better chance to beat them that season and uh, couldn't do. It. And I think the gap between the two is wider this year. So I'm going to back PSG to win this one uh, as well. And it's a tough tie for Chelsea, but another English team even more difficult. You'd have to say is Arsenal. Uh, got the favourites for the competition, Barcelona, who arguably are even stronger now than they were during uh, you know the best days under Pep Guardiola. Um, do you, do you give Arsenal any chance in this title? No, I don't. I think the thing is with Arsenal, they've picked up the odd really good result. I think they've beaten Bayern in recent seasons. They've even beaten Barcelona in recent seasons. But over two legs against that that Barcelona side, you know, the, the, Arsenal probably of all teams are a team that Barcelona would, would like to play against. A team that will will actually play them at football, and there were none better than Barcelona doing that. For me, they're probably the greatest team of all time at the moment that 6-1 win against Celta Vigo at the weekend was just the second half was party football it was ridiculous some of the football they were playing the penalty obviously took all the headlines Suarez getting another hat trick it was just a sensational performance and obviously the pressure is on them no team has retained the Champions League since it became the Champions League which considering some of the great teams we've had down the years is, is a surprise but I don't think we've ever we've seen a team as great as this Barcelona side they're phenomenal and you know Arsenal their priorities may lie elsewhere. The Premier League title is within their grasp now after that win over Leicester City, controversial win over Leicester City at the weekend. So their priorities may lie elsewhere. Wenger will know that, you know, his side, he won't give up on the tie for sure, but he'll know that his side are really up against it to beat Barcelona. And with the FA Cup coming before that as well, before they uh, they face Barca in the first leg at the Emirates, then he might have one eye elsewhere. And I think the Premier League will certainly take priority. And if it's a case that, they lose quite heavily in the first leg, which, even though it's at the Emirates, is entirely possible against this Barcelona side. Then we could find him giving up on it by the time the second leg and playing a weakened, weakened team in the second leg. I, I, you know, I don't really give them much chance, to be honest. Yeah, I was just about to say that I think they have to... you probably say they have to win this first leg. I don't think even a draw would be enough, really. I mean, unless they can maybe... I mean, if they can hold it to maybe nil-nil and you know, stop that away goal. Um, but you'd say it's probably uh, impossible to stop this Barcelona team scoring because... Even at the weekend, you know, I mean, I know uh, Jamie Vardy, you know, he's the top scorer, but he was he was finding space and, you know, he was causing uh, their defence problems at the weekend. And, you know, that's Jamie Vardy, a guy who's, you know, having a fantastic season, but, you know, he's not got too much pedigree. And then you come up against players uh, like Messi, Suarez, uh, 
uh, and Neymar, like you say, who they just they just look completely irresistible at the moment. And um, I, I think this. I mean, I don't think they're going to get um, you know say battered as much as Valencia did recently in the uh, uh, Copa del Rey. But I certainly would say that um, oh, this 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 could be a massive score. I think, like you say, this is probably the best uh, chance for Arsenal to win the Premier League. Maybe. Uh, in the 12 years since they last won it and I really think Barca could run right here because even if I mean they're, they're, they're in a tight race in La Liga as well Barcelona with uh, Atletico and Real but even then you'd probably say that if, if they can just turn up on the night they should they should be able to put maybe four past Arsenal because you know you look at Arsenal in the group stage they they only just squeezed through on the head-to-head record you know they did they did really well to get through in the end but the way they started the group stage was terrible and you know they were lucky to get through in the end and you know Barca you can't really say that about them they coasted through their group and I, I just, it could be a massive score, I think. Yeah, they're certainly big, big favourites. Which, to be fair to Arsenal, was certainly more of a, a sign of how good Barcelona are than than saying Arsenal are particularly bad. They've only lost two of the last seventeen games in all competitions, so they're a tough team to beat. And I think the win over Leicester, you know, it was a, they got it in the ninety fifth minute by the skin of their teeth. Personally, up until the red card, which I don't think was a red card, I'd say they probably didn't deserve to win that game against Leicester. So they only just scraped through that match, but doing so will give them such huge belief. I think they'll take that into their FA Cup game against Hull, which they're expected to win again as holders. They've knocked Hull out the last two competitions, including the final once. They'll take that into that whole game. I expect them to win that, and then they'll take more confidence into the Barcelona game. But this is Barcelona. You know, they're on the greatest run in the club's illustrious history. Thirty games unbeaten now for the first time in their history. And as you say, just Neymar, Suarez and Messi, we've never seen a front three like that. That's just incredible. Messi, obviously, the greatest player in the world, the greatest player of all time for me, but he's been outshone by Suarez so far this season. Suarez is just, I think he reached 30 goals for the season, 35 goals for the season, something like that, um, with the this, this hat-trick against Celta Vigo. He's just in incredible form. And then, even if you manage to keep Suarez and Messi quiet, then you've got Neymar coming in, who's been in fantastic form over the last year or so, and um, Ballon d'Or uh, placed in the final three of the Ballon d'Or as well. So yeah, for me, that's probably the best um, team of all time, certainly the best front three of all time for me, and I can't see Arsenal stopping them, which as I say, is has nothing to do with Arsenal being poor, it's just when you think of Mertesacker coming up against those three, <laughs> I don't give him much chance at all. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he plays actually, because you know in the last couple of weeks, I know he played at the weekend against Leicester, but um, you know Mertesacker was rested for Gabriel in a couple of recent games, so maybe uh, Wenger will go with that tactic because you know Koscielny's a very quick defender and he might be able to help. But I think if Arsenal, they need Petr to have you know a fantastic game. You know he made a great save. Uh, that save he did from Vardy at the weekend was fantastic. But they need him to have an amazing game, and I think. I mean, tactics-wise, you know, in the past they have caused um, Barcelona defenses problems. You know, with their pace down the wing. I remember one game when Theo Walcott he was just getting in behind and did cause them real problems at the uh, Camp Nou. But I just, I mean, Alexis Sanchez, he knows the team. He knows a lot of those players. Maybe his knowledge might help them a bit. But I mean, I think the only way potentially they might be able to do it is just with a lot of pace and just try and get in behind that defense. But Barcelona are going to have so much of the ball, aren't they? That it's just going to be. Uh, impossible for Arsenal. I think I'm not quite sure how I can even see them possibly winning it unless Petr Cech, you know, has an amazing game. Uh, I remember he had a great game for Chelsea, didn't he? When uh, when they beat Barcelona in that tie uh, a few years back. But I think that's the only way they might be able to even stay in the tie after the first leg. Yeah, and even if Arsenal do manage to get in behind and score a few goals, which obviously is is no given. Although Barca, I think they've only kept two clean sheets in the last eight games or something, so they do concede goals. Not too many of them, but they do concede goals. 
But then at the other end, it's a matter of keeping that, that front three out, even if they do concede goals. The, the likelihood of keeping a clean sheet against this Barcelona side is minimal, even with Petr Cech in goal. I think Petr Cech will give them a bigger chance this year than they probably would have had in past seasons playing against a similar Barcelona side, just because he does win a lot of points in the season for them. But, you know, he's he's one of the best keepers in the world, but he's coming up against the best player in the world and probably two of the next uh, the next top three players in the world as well in Suarez and Neymar. Yeah, definitely. Um, so really tough ties uh, for Arsenal and Chelsea. We don't really think either of those are going to get through those, um, go out of the last 16 stage. But Man City, uh, they won their group, uh, got Dynamo Kiev in the last 16. This is the tie where the English team will start as favourites um, and surely they, sh- they should go through this one, shouldn't they? They should go through, yeah. But they've obviously hit a bit of a blip in the Premier League recently, losing two big home games against title rivals. That's got to knock their confidence and... You know, they're probably now fourth favourites for the title, which a couple of weeks ago didn't look likely. But, you know, this is a Dynamo Kiev side who, this is their first competitive match since the 9th of December. They've been out, they've been only playing friendlies because of their winter break in, in Ukraine. And that will, that must have playing, uh, make an impact when you're playing at such a high level. The first competitive match since the last Champions League game. So, you know, City will, are going to be a lot more up for this. They're going to get chances against Kiev. They've got the second leg at home as well. So, They'll certainly go into this match as favourites. Again, whether where their priorities lie, it will be interesting to see really because they need a couple of wins in the Premier League to get back into the title race. But with them, the big thing has always been, similar to PSG really, the big thing has always been uh, success in Europe since since the owners have come in. Since they claim that uh, the, their first Premier League title, the main thing has been success in Europe. And this is the first chance, the best chance they've ever uh, had to get through to the quarterfinals. I think they'll put everything into that. And then, you know, whoever they come up against in, in the last eight, should they get through, it'll be interesting to see what they do because then, you know, you're getting into the latter stages there and Man City on their day certainly have the players to hurt any team in the world. So they'll put everything into getting through this tie. They, they won't underestimate Kiev, but they'll certainly go into the game as favourites and I, I'm backing them to get to cruise through pretty comfortably, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's a good point about the winter break, isn't it, really? Because it must be so difficult to come back and... Cause no matter how much you drill your players and you train your players as if it's still the season you know not playing those competitive fixtures it, it surely must hurt and like you say with City I think it's probably going to help them the fact they've lost those two big games recently and you know there's only I mean six points the gap to Leicester in the Premier League so they're still well in that and depending on how they get on on Sunday in that um, FA Cup fifth round tie against Chelsea say if they if they lose that to Chelsea it's not an easy tie you know going to Stamford Bridge uh, and if they lose that then there's even more pressure on uh, the game against Kiev and then uh, the following weekend they've got the uh, League Cup final against Liverpool so it's a massive couple of weeks coming up for the club and I certainly say uh, that point you made about who they could get in the next round because you look at some of the ties so City go through here I mean if they get say the winner of Ghent or Wolfsburg or Benfica or Zenit you say like or even maybe well I, mean, I think Atletico would be a hard one if they beat PSV but say those other two if they got the winner there in the last eight um, you then back them to win there and then you're suddenly you know you're right there in the last stage of the competition and the confidence should grow um, and I think, yeah, like you say, as long as they keep Aguero fit, they've always got a chance to score goals. And now that company's back as well, that's a massive uh, boost for the rest of the season. So I think, obviously, of the three uh, English uh, Premier League teams still left in the competition, City uh, have by far the best chance of going and, and winning it for an, for, an, uh, for the Premier League. But it's hard to imagine even that happening, really. Yeah, I think they will take a lot of confidence from the group stage you know they they beat Juventus in the group and although Juventus got off to a bit of a slow start to the season 
they've been in fantastic form lately. So to beat them to top spot in the group, okay, they did lose both of their their head to head matches against Juventus, but to beat them to top spot in the group should give them a bit of confidence going into into this tie. And as yeah, as you mentioned, and as I, as I mentioned earlier, you know they could get a fairly easy route through to the last four, and then it's anyone's game. But get I, I I wouldn't give them much chance up against the likes of Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid. Um, probably even if they came up against Juventus again. So I, I still don't think they're quite there with Europe's elite, but certainly getting through to the quarterfinals would be a big thing for the club. It's been the next uh, checkpoint on their list for a number of years now because they haven't managed it so far. Once they get that in the way, if they can get through to the semifinals, then it's certainly big progress and a big thing for Guardiola to build on when he comes in because if he comes into a side who just got to the Champions League semifinals, you know, that's the that's the stage he's managed to uh, reach with Bayern Munich the last two seasons. So certainly, it would be a certainly good... A platform for him to build off next season yeah definitely that's next Wednesday uh, Arsenal Barcelona is on the Tuesday and then another game uh, next Tuesday as well is arguably the tie of the round you'd probably say you've got Juve against Bayern Munich um, both teams top of their respective leagues Juve uh, 15 match winning streak in Serie A uh, incredible and Bayern they like say under Guardiola um, obviously doing very well in the Bundesliga that that looks like a cracking tie doesn't it yeah, that's going to be a huge one. Really interesting one to uh, to call that one. Juventus 13 uh, wins in a row in all competitions, as you mentioned, 15 in the league now. And as I yeah, as I mentioned again earlier, they haven't been in, they weren't in the best form at the start of the season, but to recover from that and just go on such a phenomenal winning run. Now top of the league, they beat Napoli with a late late goal, a really good goal as well at like the weekend to uh, leapfrog Napoli at the top of Serie A table. So you know they're, they're beating good teams as well. They're um, gone on a really good run without even conceding a goal so they're at the moment they're the form team in Europe they're one of the strongest sides in there they obviously got to the final last season only being beaten by Barcelona so they've got to be considered serious contenders to go all the way here and Bayern you know we usually expect them they're perennial semi-finalists we always expect them to get to the last four at least particularly since Pep Guardiola's come in but this is not an easy uh, tie at all for them it'll be really interesting to see how they get on with it because I saw a report um, the other day saying Bayern would consider sacking Guardiola if they um, if they didn't qualify for the next round of the Champions League, which personally I think is rubbish. I don't I don't think there's any chance of that. But you know, it, he was brought in to bring them more success in the Champions League. Obviously, took over from Jupp Heynckes just after he won the Champions League. So for him to leave Bayern Munich without winning the Champions League, it would go down as a bit of a failure in his book, I think, because he obviously had a great record in the competition with uh, Barcelona winning it twice as a manager, so to not do it with Bayern, when he took over with them as the the top team in Europe, will go down as a failure in his book. book. He'll be determined to win it this season, but there's a lot of uh, big obstacles in his path, not least Barcelona if they come up against them, but it's going to be really tough for them to get past Juventus, I think, in this tie. Yeah, I think probably Bayern just start as the favourites probably just because you know they did win their group and they'll have the second leg at home but the way Juve are playing at the moment you know they just seem to be able to win games either you know they're, they're scoring quite a lot of goals at the moment or if they're in a tight game like that Napoli won at the weekend it was such a big game that build is such a huge game you had um, Higuain who's the top scorer I think in Serie A coming up against that Juve defence uh, they managed to keep him quiet and then they scored a great goal I think it was the 88th minute uh, Zaza it was a fantastic goal so they just seem to be able to uh, dig results out at the moment and I think certainly Juve, that was probably the toughest tie that Bayern could have got, and it's going to be very difficult for them. And like you said, if Guardiola goes out at the last 16 stage, considering he hasn't won uh, the Champions League of Bayern, I mean, I, I don't think it's worry City fans at all. You know, they're still obviously very happy they've got him in as manager, but you know, it's not the best thing for him. And you know, if he's now inheriting a City side who you say is not as strong as Bayern, and you know, it's much more competitive in the Premier League, it's going to be a real challenge for him next season. I think Guardiola. 
to prove his mettle and prove that he really is this top manager that and are maybe the best manager in the world that a lot of people consider him to be. Yeah, it is. But the one thing I would say is if both teams are at their very best, I would be back and buying in this one because when they are at their best, they are they're pretty irresistible to watch. Uh, you'd expect them maybe to have more than a five-point lead at the top of Bundesliga and considering how well they've been, they played in the Bundesliga. I think they've only lost. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lost one league game all season, but they are only five points clear, so the title's not wrapped up as perhaps it is in, in France with PSG just yet, even though you consider Bayern to be holding a similar uh, period of dominance over their uh, domestic league at the moment. So still yet to be wrapped up on there and you know, they haven't been quite at their very best since returning from the winter break, but when they do hit their very best form, then you know, there's not many teams around that can beat them. Think of that 5-1 win over um, Arsenal in the champion, in the group stages. That was played some lovely football in that, and they can beat any team in the world at their best, even a team with like Juventus in such good form. So if, if they are on top form, I, I'd be backing them to win this one. But, you know, if, if they're even at 90% then, and Juventus are at their best, then Juventus could easily go and go through to the quarterfinals in this tie. Yeah, that should be a great tie. Um, the other team left that we haven't talked about who are sort of one of the main favourites, uh, Real Madrid, who I was just reading an article that sort of history suggests they might be the team to win it because, like I said, no team has ever defended it like Barca. Um, and there's a few other stats that suggest Real Madrid might be the team to beat this season. They've got Roma. Um, who came second in their group behind Barcelona? So Roma already have you know experience this season of facing you know massive uh, Spanish giant uh, like Barca and Real Madrid starts favourites there and they've been looking pretty good recently under Zidane, haven't they? Yeah, they have scored a lot of goals as well and crucially Ronaldo scoring a lot of goals. He's back on the score sheet. He was really in fits and starts under um, Benitez. Scored a lot of goals in a few games and then went a, a while without scoring, which hasn't really been the case at all in his Real Madrid career so far. So to get him regularly back on the score sheet and to be regularly hitting four, five, six goals in a game under um, Zidane. It's been a really good start for him and I'm certainly back in Real Madrid to get through in this one. Roma, they're on a decent run. They've won their last four games uh, in, in Serie A but they're, they're down in fourth in the table. Two points off the top three which is the Champions League positions in Serie A. Uh, I think their priorities will probably lie in, in ensuring Champions League football for next season because you can't see them going all the way to win it I think they're a lot worse than some of the other teams left in the competition so their priorities will probably be in Serie A Real Madrid obviously will prioritise the the, uh, La Liga title race as well they're in three-way one with Barcelona and Atletico Madrid there and at the moment they're down in third they're four points off Barcelona and with Barcelona in this sort of form and with the game in hand Barcelona have got it's hard to see Real Madrid really clawing that one back anytime soon so They'll have one eye on La Liga, but at the same time, the Champions League's always held such a big place in their history. Obviously, there's a massive thing about getting the 10th one. You know, they won't want to wait that long for an 11th one as well. And with the goals they've got on the team, they can they can hurt any side. It'd be really interesting to see. I think last season, most of us were hoping for an El Clasico final, which never occurred in the end. But this season is certainly an, an option again, because they were among the, the elite in, in Europe. I'd put them in the top two or three favourites, along with Barcelona and Bayern, to win the whole thing. 
Yeah, and I think they probably will cruise through this. Just looking at what Roma did in the group stage, you know, every other team that got through won at least three games in the group stage. But that group here was a bit of a weird one. You had Barca win four, drawn two, but then um, the other teams had six, six and five. Their point out was Roma only, only actually won once uh, in the group stage when they were home to buy Leverkusen. So, you know, it's not exactly a convincing European form coming into this. And I think Real, they should really coast through that. Even though uh, Bale's injured at the moment, he's obviously been... I think he's having probably his best season since he moved to Madrid uh, this year, Gareth Bale, with his goals and assists tally. And everyone says he's been really important, but even with him out, um, they should still be fine in this one, Real. Uh, as for Atletico, um, they, they've been pretty good this year, really um, good defensively under Simeone, like they always are. Uh, they've got PSV, uh, who are top of the Dutch league, but you know Atletico, they, they should come through that one, shouldn't they? Yeah, they should. Obviously, Simeone's got a decent track record in the Champions League, took them all the way to a final a couple of years ago, and He's another one still in the La Liga title race as well, so they're right up there with Barcelona and Real Madrid this season. I think I don't think they should be underestimated. You can I've been talking all um, all, all podcast about the Bayern, Real Madrid, and Bayern uh, being uh, Barcelona, sorry, being the top three teams in Europe. But Atletico have proven in La Liga that they're right up there amongst Barcelona and Real, so they sh- they shouldn't be underestimated. And they've got an uncanny knack for winning games, just grinding out one 0 wins here and there, or you know so so solid at the back keeping so many clean sheets that it's going to be hard to beat them particularly over two legs and when they've got that knack to just nicking away goal then that can be so 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 vital in the Champions League and you know they'll fancy their chances against pretty much any team left in the Champions League and they'll certainly fancy the chance of getting past PSV PSV are in good form themselves I think 17 unbeaten in um, the Eredivisie so far so you know they're, they're in good form but this is another level up from anything they'll face in the Eredivisie and I'll be surprised if they you know, even make a fist of getting through this one because Atletico for me enter this as heavy favourites and I can see them cruising through quite comfortably. Yeah, um so that's six ties we've covered there. Um I think we've agreed on who's gonna go through in five of those. Um so do you have do you have PSG against Chelsea? Yeah, PSG against Chelsea. Yeah, and then both fancy Barcelona against Arsenal, um City to beat Kiev, um Real Madrid to beat Roma. Um did you pick Bayern or Juve? I'm gonna go for Bayern, I think you know if they play at their best then they are they are among the best in Europe so I'm going to pick them just but that's that's the hardest one to call for me out of those those really big ties and out of the teams out of the uh, matches that involve one of the favourites that's the toughest one to call but I'm just going to go for Bayern and they've got the second leg at home as well which as we know is a bit of an advantage yeah I'm actually going to pick Juve in that one so that's the only one we disagree on um, and there's two other ties which we briefly mentioned earlier uh, Benfica Zenit uh, Zenit were pretty good in the group stage they won five in a row and then uh, lost their last game they finished top of that group but wasn't exactly the strongest group with Ghent uh, Valencia and Lyon uh, Benfica um, but second behind Atletico in their group so uh, you'd probably say that's a pretty even tie going into it and even Ghent Wolfsburg Ghent did really well to get through they won three in a row uh, to finish second behind Zenit in uh, group H and then Wolfsburg they um, won that group with Man U in didn't they where you know, Man U we would have expected them to go through but they couldn't do it um, who are you picking to win those two ties? Well, for the second one, I think Wolfsburg looked decent at times in that group, and they've certainly got the ability. They beat PSV, as we said, PSV right in there. There, they beat Manchester United. They've got the ability to get through that match. Ghent aren't experienced at this level as well. Wolfsburg aren't really either. So it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who copes with that the best. Wolfsburg aren't doing too well in the Bundesliga. Ghent are doing well in the Belgian league. So that's a tough one to call. It'll be quite an even game, but I'm going to go for Wolfsburg to win that one. As for Benfica, Zenit, that's probably the toughest one to call of the lot. I, I, I back Benfica just about. Zenit were really good in the group stages, but Benfica, 
you know, I, I, I can see they, they're real tough teams to beat, especially at the stadium of like, okay, they lost on Friday against uh, Porto there, which is a rare, very rare home loss for them, but they're a very tough team to beat against the stadium light, and if they can get a good result in that first leg there, then I can see them going on to win that one. But both tough bonds to call, but I'm going for Benfica and Wolfsburg and those two. Yeah, I actually uh, I do agree with you. I was I was looking at the record, and you say Zenit did really well in the group stage, but they're right in the middle of a three-month uh, winter break they have in Russia, and we talked about it earlier with um, with Kiev, and I just think that Benfica, they are more experienced at this stage, I think, and just that, that winter break, it really can't help you, I don't think, and because obviously they performed well in the group stage but I think it could really hinder them here so I'm going to agree with you there and again you know they did so well but you'd probably say Wolfsburg you look at some of the players they've got they've got like Draxler uh, Schürrle uh, Max Cruz you know some of their attacking players you know got a good pedigree so I'd pick those two uh, to win those two games so um, I think we agree on seven of those Barnes just Juve and Bayern where we've uh, got a split decision um, but let's move on to the Europa League now I'll quickly touch on that um, last 32, still 32 teams left in that. Um, who is your favourite to win it out of all of them? It's an interesting question because it's one of those competitions where anything can really happen and it's one of those competitions that some teams prioritise more than others. I think when it comes to the English teams, Manchester United and Liverpool are certainly going to have to prioritise it now because it looks to be their most likely route into the Champions League now. So they're going to put everything into winning that. But you know, if they're going to come up against Napoli... Are they going to beat Napoli? I don't personally think so. For me, Napoli are the favourites. They've been superb in Serie A so far this season. Um, the only flip on the flip side of that is that they might be guaranteed a Champions League spot already because they look like they're going to get it through the league. So whether they put everything into the Europa League, so it is a tough one to call. Personally, on you know on the balance of what we've seen so far from in all competitions from the clubs this season, that would be Napoli, maybe Borussia Dortmund as the the two favourites, but. It all depends on how how seriously they take the competition. Obviously, they'll they'll be eager for European success, but with Champions League qualification coming via other means, other teams like Manchester United and Liverpool will take it pretty seriously. Yeah, and you probably say that those two teams you picked out there, uh, Dortmund and Napoli, they've got tough tough ties, haven't they? Uh, Napoli they face Villarreal, who got some quality players, and obviously you know playing a very good league in La Liga, and then. Uh, Dortmund got Porto who like you said they got a very impressive win uh, over Benfica at the weekend in the Primera Liga so they're both really tough ties I think as for Spurs you didn't uh, you didn't touch on them there I think they really need to put the Europa League uh, on the back burner they're looking so good in the Premier League that win the Etihad on Sunday was that was a tremendous win they got there and you'd probably have to say that if Mauricio Pochettino you know calculates it all right he should probably put out a second string uh, in these European games they've got Fiorentina not an easy tie who they faced I think, did they go out to Fiorentina last year I think yeah yeah and um, you'd have to say the way they're going in the Premier League such a good chance this year you know they're second at the moment only two points behind Leicester after Sunday's results and you'd probably say they really should prioritise the Premier League because it's such a good chance for them they look so good in the Premier League at the moment and it's yeah they really might they could win it all this year yeah I completely agree with that seven wins in a row in all competitions so they come into the match in spectacular form but you know this is a Fiorentina side who is a, a very good side they're a difficult one to beat even if they played a full string side there's no guarantee that they'll come away with winning that one I think the one the one aspect that might make Pochettino consider naming a, a stronger side than he might usually is the fact that it's only the FA Cup at the weekend so it's not they're not losing valuable uh, Premier League points if they were to you know return tired but at the same time I do think he'll um, he'll name a bit of a weak inside, and I think 
if they were to go out against Fiorentina, which is entirely likely, because as I mentioned, Fiorentina are a good side, it won't be the big biggest blow for them. I think that they might even see it as a blessing in disguise, because as you say, their priority has to be the Premier League. Haven't won the, uh, the English title since 1961, so to do so would be absolutely huge, and they haven't had a better chance probably since 1961 to do so. So, as you mentioned, Europa League has to go on the back burner. FA Cup probably has to go on the back burner again as, as well, even though... It's a good chance of silverware for them if they can get through uh, against Crystal Palace. Both both decent chances of silverware. They'll fancy the chance of going all the way, but you know everything has to go into the Premier League, really. And if that means sacrificing Europa League, then I think Pochettino will consider doing that. Uh, quick word on Liverpool then, Barnes. Uh, 6-0 over Villiers. They Sturridge back. He's scoring. Origi scoring as well. Um, Klopp in charge against the German team in Augsburg in the Europa League. Um, you must fancy them to win that one. Yeah, I certainly expect them to go through there. Augsburg had a pretty poor season in Bundesliga. I think they're only one point above the the relegation playoff place. So Liverpool go into that match as uh, that tie as favourites, and they really, really should come away with that. The, the, the only question mark is over Liverpool how inconsistent they've been. We've seen them score goals against other teams uh, before, and then a week later put in a pretty tepid display and not have a shot on target. So. It wouldn't really be a surprise at all if they go to um, Augsburg and just draw one all or something like that and with a pretty uninspiring display. But, you know, the the one thing you would say about that Aston Villa win, such a good victory for them. Six different scorers as well. It's one of those, they've, they've had no problem creating chances really this season. It's just sticking them away and they managed to do that at the weekend. And with Sturridge and Coutinho fit, it looks like a completely different side. I think it's been the case the last two seasons now of injuries if Liverpool had a bit more luck with injuries, they would have challenged for the top four in both seasons because last season it was Daniel Sturridge injured for uh, the, most of the campaign and you consider, you know, even when he hasn't had a run of games, he's, he's been his scoring rate is really good um, whenever he has played in just a couple of games at a time, he always seems to score. So if they had that for a full season, they'd certainly be challenging for the top four, I think. So if they can keep them fit and firing for the rest of the season then look like a completely different team and they'll fancy their chances of going quite far in the Europa League which as I mentioned earlier is a big priority for them now because they're not going to get the top four in the in the Premier League so the most likely route into the Champions League is winning the Europa League and we know Klopp's partial to fielding a few youngsters in cup games I'm not sure he'll do that in the Europa League against Augsburg obviously it's a team he knows well so he'll pick a, a team to win the match but I think he'll take this one a bit more seriously than he was the FA Cup when you know he made ten changes at least in every single game, every single game in that competition. Yeah, I think certainly uh, Liverpool uh, and United should both you know come through their games. United they got uh, Midtjylland, who you know the Danish team that associated with um, uh, Matthew Benham and Brentford and the whole um, uh, Moneyball kind of uh, analysis that kind of thing, but. It'd be interesting to see how United approach it because it's been a while since we even saw them in this competition. You know, you know they were in the Champions League, obviously didn't get in that season under Moyes, but then uh, straight back in last year. But for them to finish third in that group was very disappointing. And you know the way the Premier League's going at the moment, you know, like you said, it, they probably should pay a lot of attention to this, but it's hard to imagine them doing so really because it just doesn't. I mean, I know you probably won't like me saying this because you're a Liverpool fan, but it doesn't feel quite right for United, you know, to be in the Europa League at the moment because we're so used to seeing them in the Champions League. But they should put a lot of effort into this, shouldn't they? They should. I don't know exactly what you mean there. But it's almost like the Europa League is below a team like Manchester United have had such good. Th- the difference between that and Liverpool now is that Liverpool, you know, they've been in UEFA Cup when it was the UEFA Cup in recent seasons. It hasn't been like Man United when they've been in the Champions League for however many seasons in a row it was. So yeah, it's it's rare to see them in, in the second uh, tier of European uh, competition and it will be interesting to see how they 
they deal with it because as I mentioned earlier this has to be probably their main priority now the six points off the top four which isn't an unassailable gap in the Premier League but when you consider the, t- the teams above them all in the title race you- you're not really fancying Man's- Man- uh, United's chance at the moment and they're only three points above Liverpool who have been having a dreadful season in the Premier League um, and sitting eighth in the moment so you know, there's a, there's a chance they could finish down in you know eighth or ninth in the Premier League table if things carry on going wrong and probably the big thing that will make United take this tie more seriously than anything else even the prospect of going all the way and qualifying for the Champions League is Louis van Gaal's job may be on the line we've said, said it so many times but after that uh, 2-1 defeat to Sunderland there was just renewed calls the Mourinho speculation is not going away at all so van Gaal will be taking this ser- this game seriously because if you imagine they lose to Midtjylland in the Europa League a team they'd expect to blow away in any other previous season in the club's history and then they've got Shrewsbury Town away in the FA Cup another game you'd expect them to win but if they don't get a good result in that those are two dreadful dreadful results for Louis van Gaal just when he really doesn't need them if they were to lose all three of them and uh, including the Sunderland one it'd be a terrible run of form for them and surely enough to uh, lose Louis van Gaal's job because his record recently has been poor, and it's a surprise for me that he's still got a job at United. So this this could um, could be a, a career-defining result for Van Gaal, really. Yeah, possibly, yeah. And it'd be interesting, I mean, obviously you said about the Mourinho talk not going away, but I wonder if, you know, if they don't get to the Champions League, is that going to affect Mourinho's decision to maybe take that job at all? Because uh, if, if, if you say they do drop further away from the top four in the league and there's no prospect of Champions League, will Mourinho uh, even want to manage them? Yeah, that's an interesting point as well. I think Mourinho, when the speculation was still going on about which team Guardiola will go to, I said Guardiola, I would see him as more at Man City because I think United's more of a rebuilding job. And I think that might uh, appeal a little bit more to Mourinho. I think he'd fancy the chances of restoring a club to their former height. He took over at Chelsea you know, when they hadn't won anything in, in a long time and immediately took success to them. And I think him coming in, he'll be given a lot of money to spend I think that will just that will appeal to him a bit to just bring the glory days back to United. So I I don't think it'll have too big an effect on them, but it, it, of course it'll have some effect, and it'll have an effect on the players he can uh, uh, bring to United as well. So it's a good point that was uh, that is, and I think another that's another reason United obviously Van Gaal is not going to care too much about that, but uh, it's his job on the line for now. And I think it's another reason they have to put everything into this really because you know United should be in the Champions League and. They need to be in the Champions League, and this is the most likely route there. They need to qualify one way or the other, really. If they don't, then you'd have to say Van Gaal was definitely out of the job. So, it's a big tie for them. You expect them to get through, and then it's going to be another big tie. There's a big ask, as I've already mentioned. There's some other big teams in the Europa League this season, so it's not going to be easy for them to win it. But I think, personally, this is probably their number one priority for the rest of the season now. Okay, nice one. Uh, just before we finish, let's make uh, a couple of predictions for just who's going to go and uh, win the whole thing. Uh, I'll go first by saying uh, I'm going to go uh, Real Madrid for the Champions League. I know you're going to disagree and say Barcelona because you absolutely love <laughs> Messi and them lot. Um, but I'm going to say Real Madrid. Uh, and then for the Europa League, I'm going to go uh, Sevilla because just because they've been so good in the competition uh, in recent years and uh, why can't they do it again? What are your two predictions? Well, yeah, Sevilla have had, got, had a fantastic record in the competition recently. Got a lot of experience, but for me, I'm going to go for Napoli. They've they've got a really good team, and you know, Gonzalo Higuain this this season has been in ridiculous form. He's scoring pretty much every single game. I think he's got 24 goals in 25 league games this season. So, with him up front, they can they can 
hurt any team left in the competition. They're my favourites to go all the way. And as you mentioned, Champions League, I can't really look past Barcelona. I think they're the best team we've ever seen with that front three. If they're on form, I remember watching last season, just got goosebumps almost nearly every time they played. That goal that uh, Messi scored against Bayern Munich when he beat Boateng, left him on the floor and then chipped it over Naya, stands out for me as one of the most memorable moments of last season's Champions League of pretty much football in recent seasons as well. So, you know, they, they they seem to be, if anything, even better this time around. 30 games unbeaten in all competitions. I can't see past them, really. I'm going for Barcelona to win it all. OK, nice one, Barnes. Thanks a lot. Um, be sure to head to sportsmore.co.uk for live commentaries of all the Champions League games this week and next week uh, and the big games involving English teams in the Europa League. Uh, we'll be back on Friday to look back on the first few games uh, and look ahead to the weekend as well. Uh, so thanks a lot for listening today and we'll see you then.